0: Welcome everybody to Beacon 76. I'm Jason. I'm William. And uh, we're glad to have you back, everybody. This is going to be, what, are, what, are, what number are we on? Like our 14th? Yes. This is our 14th uh, episode, and uh, we're excited to have you back and hope that uh, you've been joining us so far. We are excited ourselves because we just got ourselves a mic. Yeah, I'm
1: super hyped to listen back to this specific podcast and get an idea of how we sound with a new microphone.
0: Yeah, I am excited too, man, because this is just showing that we're making those, those strives to uh, improve our podcast, and it's, it's an exciting day for us. Merry Christmas to the both of us on this one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it was your gift, but we both benefit from yeah, it. Exactly. You can thank the wifey for that one. So today's podcast is going to be one of our compasses. That's uh, right. Actually, I brought this to your attention because my wife bought me a book this Christmas, I'm starting to read it. I haven't jumped into it yet, but I mentioned it to you in the book The Green Light by Matthew McConaughey. Right. It's kind of like... Autobiography? No, it's not really an autobiography. It's not really a diary. It's not really a memoir. Memoir? Memoir? Memoir. Okay. Basically what it was is it's just his thoughts that he's put down on paper in a journal for over like 30 years. And it's really random that his thoughts were in the journal. That's a long time. But he just finally got the courage up to actually sit down and actually take all these thoughts and put them into a book. Do you know why it's called Green Light? Yeah, I do know why it's called Green Light. And his description of it, I'm going to mess it up, but his description of it was that our life is filled with green lights to get us to the places that we want to be. And just because you hit red lights and yellow lights doesn't mean that at some point in your life, there won't be a green light to get you to where you want to be in life. You know, and as long as you keep striving to hit those green lights and don't allow the red lights and the yellow lights to stop you or to deter you from getting to where you want to be, then you'll have every opportunity you can to reach your goals. That's an interesting way to look at it. You know, so and I thought it was, too. And I actually was funny because I had uh, watched a little interview that he did. And I forget the guy's name that he had the interview with. But I I remember watching the interview that he did and he was talking about his book. And I was like, man, that seems kind of interesting. I wouldn't mind checking that out. And I've kind of always liked him as an actor. And uh, I didn't mention anything to my wife. I never said anything to anybody about it. Unwrapped a Christmas present this year and my wife had bought me the book just on a random. And I was like, oh, well, maybe this was meant to be. Maybe I need to read this book because focus more on some green lights in my life.
1: I have heard of the book. I knew it came out. And I saw that he was doing a press tour, doing Zoom versions of interviews with other celebrities that have talk shows But I didn't really know what the book was about.
0: Yeah, maybe when I get done with it, dude, after I read it. Because I'm a slow read, man. But once I get done with it, I'll let you borrow it. Something you want to check out. But anyway, in me getting that book, I came to you and said, Hey, why don't we do a compass on you know, Matthew McConaughey movies? I need to... You were all on board. And
1: And so here we are. Here
0: we are. All right. So uh, to start things off, why don't you give... uh, Actually, we came to an agreement that our North was kind of... uh, was, was the same was movie. This, yeah, right? Which is kind of cool because we don't really always have the same, you know, likes as far as movies, but when it happens, it's, it's fun.
1: And that's kind of the dynamic of this podcast is to see the compare and contrasts of things that we like that are TV, movie, music.
0: Right, right. All that. And it, and it helps us to kind of get to, although we've known each other for quite a long time, it's a, it's crazy how much more we get to know each other more, seeing how similar we are with a lot of things that we like, but how different we are as well. Exactly, you know. So our North is a movie by Matthew McConaughey. not not by Matthew McConaughey. Sorry, Matthew McConaughey. Released in September on September 24th, in 93, and '93. And we were both still in high school then. Still in high school, man. So this is kind of relatable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's a Days to confused.
1: Yeah, a great movie. Um, All-Star cast. Um, to say the least. Mila Jojovic is in this. Um, yeah. Ben Affleck is in it. Cole Hauser's in this. Right. I think uh, Renee Zellberger's in this, and she yeah. didn't get
0: credited for her role. Well, thank God, because I've never been a Ray, Renee Zellberger fan. <laughs> but uh, sorry, that's just me.
1: <laughs> but uh, it's the, if you haven't seen this movie, it's about the adventure of high school and junior high students in the
0: last day of May... 1976 right that's that 1976 man that's the year we were born right so i mean there that just says it all right there (laughs) this is crazy because it reminded me so much of my last days of high school and just trying to do as much as i could to seal my last days of high school as you know this is it i'm not going to be here anymore so i'm just going to go ahead and live it the way i want to live it and have fun the way I want to have fun and enjoy it the way I want to enjoy it which what's interesting about this specific
1: movie is what Matthew McConaughey is known for like some of his go-to quotes like all right Right, right, right." yeah that came from this movie it's it was one of the first things that he said and he was not supposed to be on set at that time and they ended up catching that and it's One of his most iconic sayings. One of the other things that he said in this movie is he kind of was this, uh, his character was Wooderson and they were outside of an emporium and he's, this character isn't in high school, but he's one of the coolest guys there. And he says this one specific line about all the high school girls. And he says, that's what I love about these high school girls. Man, I get older, and they stay the same. (laughs) That's the way he says it, It's kind of creepy, but at the same time, his vibe and how cool he is
0: Mm.
1: comes through. And the interesting thing about the character that he's played is that it's based on his older brother in real life. Matthew McConaughey's older brother.
0: Yeah, it it is kind of uh, It is kind of crazy because he's just he's got this real laid back, you know, dude, like I don't even know, man. This is just a crazy vibe for me, bro. You know, high school, man, it's just chill and you know, and now that I'm out of it, dude, I'm just trying to live life and, and it's just got that hippie, like, chill laid-back vibe. And one wh- another quote that he said that I, I I really enjoyed in the movie is he said, the older we get, more rules uh they're gonna try and get us to follow you just gotta keep living man (laughs) l-i-v-i-n he actually has like a clothing line or some kind of
1: production line that's called jkl Uh uh-huh based on just keep living
0: just keep living
1: and it's funny that we're starting off our compass with this being our north because this was for this was McConaughey's first theatrical debut movie.
0: Yeah, it was. It, it start it had a budget of six mil. It box office eight mil. It wasn't a big success as far as movies go. It didn't make its success until it hit VHS, which is DVD back in the day, right? VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. Until it hit that time frame, that's when it started to make its rise to fame and it just kind of became this like cult classic that everybody kind of goes back to wanted to be a part of started buying the dvd for it and then buying the dvd another part of the uh, the film actually started making a success and that was the soundtrack
1: which they spent the most of their budget on in order to pay for the rights to use them in the movie
0: yeah they did because it has a big name artist on the soundtrack
1: i at one point in my life i remember owning the CD of it and just listening to it over and
0: over again. Right. It, it, eventually, this particular soundtrack actually ended up going double platinum. Oh, wow. Which is crazy, right? For a soundtrack for a movie to go double platinum, that's pretty huge. So, I mean, although it started off on a, on a, a rocky slope, this movie has just completely gained ground over time.
1: Uh, A couple of other things that I remember about the movie is that there were two characters named Mike and Tony. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, those characters were supposed to be Woodward and Bernstein, which were the reporters that uh, dealt with Nixon and Watergate and stuff. So there was a nice little Easter egg there. And uh, one other little fact about this movie is that the word man is said... 203 times.
0: Man. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. Anyway. I don't know if it's the record holder, but do a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot,
1: man. Right. So you can go back and listen to this podcast and see
0: so, how many times we say it. Man. <laughs> yeah, no. I, anyway. Yeah, so this is our north, man. You know, it's a really good... It's a good movie. It's you a great know, it's movie. just a laid back, good, good vibe Netflix and chill movie, man. You don't,
1: you don't have to do a lot of thinking when it comes to movies like this. No, you don't. No, you don't.
0: All right, man. So you want to rock, paper, scissors for who goes next? No, I'll just pass just the on? torch
1: to you. Go ahead and give us our south.
0: Okay, Your south. So, so my south, as far as Matthew McConaughey movies, is it. Only reason I really like this movie a lot is because I sit down and I watched it with my wife like a million times, and it kind of really grew on me. And this movie is How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. This is a rom com movie that Matthew McConaughey was in with Kate, uh, Kate Hudson. Matthew McConaughey played uh, Benjamin Barry, and Kate Hudson played Andy Anderson. And basically, this movie is about um, Andy Anderson is a uh, magazine, uh, not um, writer, kind of like Cosmo, col- yeah, a columnist that she writes for and. Matthew McConaughey is, does this, kind of the same thing, but he does it for a sports uh, paper. And uh, it ends up that they both get intertwined in this bet to be able to... She has to try to lose a guy in 10 days, get a guy and lose a guy in 10 days, and then Matthew has to try to make somebody actually fall in love with him. Their paths cross, and both of them are in this bet, and they end up you know, falling in love with each other. But in the process of all this happening... It's just hilarious on the way things that kind of transpire. Yeah, I've seen
1: it, and it's funny. They're both countering each other. One is trying to do one thing, and the other one's trying to do kind of the opposite version of it. And it also sheds a little bit of a spotlight on
0: um, the stereotypes behind men and women. Mm -hmm. It does. It definitely does. It's just one of the... It's a really good, fun... You know just sit down and relax and enjoy maybe an evening with your wife watching some ridiculous rom-com movie that's pretty funny
1: the chemistry between them is so great that this movie is one of my wife's favorites as well Mm -hmm. if she were probably doing a compass this would probably be on hers as far as mcconaughey is concerned but we used to have conversations and if you remember that movie overboard with kurt russell and Goldie Hawn?
0: Yeah, I do remember that. Yes,
1: I think that this—we always thought that they had the great chemistry to do a reboot of that movie as those characters.
0: That would be kind of crazy, man. It's considering, a little, considering that Goldie Hawn is Kate Hanson's mom, right? That would be a nice little—it's uh, uh, a little
1: bit late now because they're both a lot older in order to fit
0: in that those type of roles. But well, here's a funny, funny fact in regards to their age. Matthew McConaughey almost didn't get this movie, period, because he's 10 years older than Kate Hudson.
1: Yeah, and um, going back to the days and Confused thing, I'm sorry, is that Matthew McConaughey was actually older than... He was playing an older character, but he was actually younger than most of the cast on set.
0: That's crazy. Wow, that's crazy. So yeah, this uh, How to Lose a Guy budget was uh, 50 mil for the budget and they ended up grossing $175, $177 million on this. So, I mean, it did fairly well. I mean, there's no real, uh, issue with the fact that they didn't do anything. Um, I, one of the, one of the funny quotes that I I loved about this movie is there's a moment when, uh, Kate is trying to kind of seduce Matthew in part of a movie. And she ends up referencing referencing his member as Princess Sophia. Mm-hmm. And he says, he's like shocked. And he says, if you're going to name my member, you have to name it something hyper-masculine. Something like Spike or Butch or Curl the Warrior King. And I just thought that was hilarious, man. I lost it. That part of the film is just one of those quotes that I probably will never forget, mm-hmm. you know. Call it "Crawl," the Warrior King, and that's
1: the cool thing about rom-coms in general. It, it's it's a great date movie. It kind of pulls in both sides of the audience, both the men and women. Um, Matthew McConaughey just recently passed up a one hundred and forty three million dollar offer to do another rom-com, and he's done with them. So this is fairly early in his career where he was doing these types of movies, and he's stepped away from it. He doesn't want to be known for them anymore, I guess.
0: Yeah, he actually touched on that in his book uh, a little vaguely at this point where I'm at reading it, that um, he did turn that down, and he he didn't even mention what the name of the movie was that he turned down or anything. Or he just says, he said exactly what you said. Like, I'm just, I'm done with that, like, you know, path in my life right now. And he actually was on hiatus for, for a few months. Like he wasn't getting any calls or anything for months, prior to you know the movies that he's got coming out now. So, all right, man, that's my south. Uh, south. So, what's your south? Well, my south is
1: a movie that came out in two thousand. It's called U five seven one. It's a, about a German submarine that is boarded by disguised American submariners trying to capture the the Enigma cipher machine. And what happens is, as the Americans are boarding the Nazi submarine, their submarine ends up getting blown up. So they have to not only board it, but take over it, And learn how to operate it with nobody speaking German, and they're in hostile waters and they're in an enemy submarine, so they have to navigate getting to
0: safety from
1: people who are probably their allies potentially attacking them.
0: Yeah, this was a really good, really good movie. All right. I don't remember a lot about it because it's been a long time since I've seen it. But I do remember this being a really good movie. up Right up there with like Hunt for Red October good. And this movie had a
1: pretty good cast. It had Bill Paxton in it. Harvey Keitel. Even John Bon Jovi was in this movie.
0: Yeah, that's a big cast. Um,
1: at one point, the the stage was so realistic that it was built for this movie out in the water that the stage crew built it and an, an American warship appeared and sent an armed team
0: to board it. Wow.
1: That's how realistic the submarine looked for filming.
0: Wow, that's, that's, that's a pretty crazy fact right there, man. So you're telling me that they built this replica state for for like staging their filming of this movie and in the process of having this replica out in the middle of the ocean a, an a, attack war ma- machine this vessel mm-hmm. popped out of nowhere and boarded them with armed military personnel that's exactly happened, wow. dude that is crazy man could you imagine being those people and being on set and just doing your about your normal thing, doing your acting stuff, and then all of a sudden dudes are popping out like arm to the T, you know, asking you what the hell you're doing here, you know? That's
1: crazy. I think in most cases, uh, ships like that might respond to radio, but I'm believing that it's only the exterior of the ship that is what was built, not so much the interior, because the interior was filmed in water tanks that were used um, in movies like The Count of Monte Cristo and The Abyss. So I think it's just the exterior and there was... They're not going to pay money for radios and stuff, practical use things for a set.
0: No, they're not going to pay for all that stuff. So I'm
1: guessing that the American warship probably tried to communicate with them and when they couldn't get through it was... The last ditch effort to say okay this could be a potential threat they're not responding let's go, let's
0: board it <laughs> exactly and for real like they're they're sitting here knocking on the door nobody's answering but they sense there's a threat inside so let's just hey let's go handle this real quick that's crazy yeah so one of the other
1: my last little thing here that i'm going to add is that the enigma cipher thing that they were trying to get was not a prop. It was actually a real cipher from a collector that collected them. And um, one other thing is that Matthew McConaughey stepped into this role because it was originally intended for Michael Douglas. And Michael Douglas stepped away in order to do a movie called The
0: Wonder Boys. <laughs> wow. One man's loss is another man's gain you know so to speak so yeah that's a good movie man i i'm i'm glad you put that on your list cuz i was debating on some of these movies to that i was picking through and which ones i wanted to put on uh i can definitely put that in one of my uh honorable mentions for sure that is a definitely a good movie all right so moving on to my east, east. my east is uh a movie that came out in oh2 and it had a budget of 60 million, and it really it didn't do good at the box office. Is I, I seem to like those kind of movies. I like, seem to like those movies that not everybody else really appreciates, and I think it's because everybody. I, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I feel like everybody comes with these expectations of seeing something, you know, ridiculously overdone you know and when it comes to being something that's well put together and has a good storyline and just because it doesn't meet all this check all your boxes doesn't mean it's not a bad movie it doesn't not a good movie and I just seem to find myself attracted to those movies anyway so my east is Rain of Fire and I really enjoyed this movie man I matter of fact I just watched it the other night so I could sit down and kind of refresh my memory on it.
1: I'm the same way. I was stuck on what my last part of the compass was going to be. And I went back and did my homework and watched some of these movies that either I haven't seen that McConaughey's appeared in, and this was one of them. You know, it almost qualified for me to be able to put it in, but it didn't quite meet. I enjoyed the movie. Again, there was a lot that I didn't remember about it. And sometimes there's something to be said. If it doesn't leave that lasting imprint in your mind about a movie, a lot of times maybe that could be a potential sign that maybe it's not as well of a movie that you may have thought it was. But I'm with you on the whole underdog movie thing. Yeah. I I feel that there's Star Wars movies that I enjoy that a lot of people and that our fans of Star Wars don't, they don't enjoy, yeah. They're actually the bottom of the barrel for them. Yeah. It just goes to show that sometimes as movie lovers we see things that other people have
0: a tendency to pick apart. Yeah, exactly. We do. And this is one of those movies for me that I uh I really enjoyed it. It's uh basically if you haven't seen it, it's at the time it was filmed, it's in present-day present, present day London, right? And uh, the character uh, Quinn, which is played by Christian Bale, okay? Christian Bale sees, happens to see his mother get killed by this beast. And they don't really say what the beast is, but we all know it's a dragon. Right? This is a freaking dragon, all right? Uh, then you go through a stretch of time where you get to where he's an adult, all right? And um, they're world has been put through to
1: go through a wormhole in space in an attempt to ensure the survival of humanity. This movie is mind-bending because it deals with time and space and you can get lost in the cinematics of it, just the beauty of some of the worlds that they go to, the intensity of the hardships that they have to endure in order to hopefully come out on top in order for humanity to survive. There's twists, there's turns. Um, Anne Hathaway's in this movie. Matt Damon is in this movie. Um, And it's definitely one, if if you like space movies or astronaut movies, it's definitely one that anyone should check out. There's a scene in the movie where they are on the brink of going into a black hole. And Christopher Nolan was skeptical about the portrayal of this black hole looking cheesy on screen.
0: But, destruction from all of these beasts that have risen up over the, a lot of time. Right? And then In Steps, uh, Matthew McConaughey played by play his uh character was Van Zan. And he's just an American, like cocky American as we are, you know, thinks he can take on the world with a squirt gun, or take on hell with a squirt gun, I should say. And he uh comes in and has this plan to be able to annihilate these beasts and just still they're, they're going through their whole, you know, battles of trying to finally take out the dragon, and I just enjoy it because I love those kind of movies with dragons. And this one was completely a whole different type of, you know, storyline based on a dragon. You know, yeah. it's not your typical like King Arthur and Knights of the Round Table type stuff with dragons and stuff. Where like, you know, Game of Thrones with dragons in it and stuff. This is totally different, you know, type thing. And
1: uh, if you want to see Matthew McConaughey bald, <laughs> with a scruffy beard, and all tatted up. This is the movie for you.
0: Yeah, this is the movie for you, man. He plays a full-on, like, rugged, rough, like, cowboy in this one. Like, for real. So, yeah. Anyway, this is, uh, this is, it was directed by Rob Bowman. And, uh, yeah, that's my East, but I, 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 was happy that we kind of did this because it took me back to be able to watch some movies I haven't seen in a long time. And, uh, I was glad to be able to sit down the other night and kinda watch this one and, Enjoy it. So, there you go, man. What's your East? So, My East is a movie that came out in
1: 2014, and it's directed by Christopher Nolan, who we know did, like, Inception and the Batman trilogy that we love, recently, Tenet, uh, and the movie's Interstellar. And this movie is basically, our Earth as we know it is... On the brink of extinction, it's it's shutting down. And so uh, a team of exploring astronauts decide some of the frames for the visualization behind this black hole took about 100 hours to render
0: on a computer. And it took over 800 terabytes of data. Wow, dude, that is crazy, man. I do remember that this movie is a beautiful movie, just visually. It's, there are a lot of like very stunning and visually stunning scenes that really draw you in and bring you into what they're trying. They could literally tell this story just by visually showing it to you, you know? Um, there's a lot of good acting. There is good acting in it and a good storyline behind it and everything like that. It's just, you did touch on that there is a lot of visually pleasing scenes in it. And I enjoyed that about the movie for sure.
1: And that's a Christopher Nolan thing. He likes to use as little CGI as possible. He wants things to be in their natural state so you don't have to go back and rely on a computer to doctor what, what the footage actually consists of.
0: Yeah. And I appreciate that about him, you know, because I mean, I think that CGI is good when CGI is needed when it's not needed. And you can find another way to get to build it yourself or to be make it more look more realistic, you know, and so people can actually say, hey, that that looks real, you know, and that's not just some fake computer thing. To me, that speaks volumes about a director and the way that he does his movies.
1: So in this movie, there's cornfields that are driven through, and I believe that Christopher Nolan bought the corn and then sold it and then got a profit from the corn that was grown. There's a huge dust storm scene in this movie, and they used cellulose-based synthetic dust as the dust instead of actual dirt in the air. Um, Anne Hathaway, I mentioned being in this movie, almost got hypothermia because uh, she was in an ice water scene and in the suit that she was wearing opened. This movie, I think the screenplay was written by a doctor who had these theories about space, and he insisted that the screenplay be true to science and true to physical
0: rules. Of law. Sports uh, incidences that have happened throughout the years, and they make a movie out of it, and it's true. You know? And uh, like, remember the Titans? Right? Invincible. Invincible. Right? And this one is We Are Marshall. Uh, if you have not seen this movie, man, it did not do well in the box office, man. Matter of fact, it went under budget. Their budget was 65 mil. It only made 43. Which is sad, dude, because... I, this is this is a good good movie based off of the true true events that happened you know in our history, and it's really sad the events that happened. This was a it was about uh, uh, the Marshall University in 1970. They their football team their entire football team, staff, some boosters, all of them died in a plane crash. His theories
1: about that kind of came out in his writing and were portrayed on screen were in a bet format with Stephen Hawking. They both had like this argument about if they were true to form or not. And since they were true, Stephen Hawking lost the bet.
0: (laughs) I guess that, hey man, if you're going to lose a bet, if you're going to win a bet against somebody, I guess winning a bet against Stephen Hawking would be a pretty epic bet to win, you know.
1: And then one last thing is um that they're on different planets as they're traveling through space and time and Hans Zimmer is the composer for the music. And at one point you can hear just this ticking like a stopwatch, just this ticking. And for every tick that you hear, seven years are passing on earth
0: oh wow that's that's pretty crazy that makes you want to go back and listen to see the ticks you know wow Uh, that's a good uh that's a good east man that's a good east I'm glad you put that one on your list again that's another one that I just kind of you know debating on whether or not uh, I watched it when it pretty much when it like first came out so it's been a long time since I've been able to watch it and it's not really one of those ones that you can go and get free on any of the, the streaming apps. So I didn't get to re watch it again prior to this to see if it was something that I would want to put on my list. But I, I, I do remember it being good. Oh, I didn't get to rewatch it either. I just Yeah, I remember know you I have this like photographic memory of stuff. We get it, dude. I got it. All right, no man, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not all movies. <laughs> no, I know. I know. So, all right, moving on to uh, Our West. My West, Your West, Our West. And My West is uh, a movie that was uh, filmed in 06. It came out December 26th, 22nd of 06. Uh, and this was a movie that Matthew McConaughey did, and it was based off of a true story. And for me, those type of movies, man, they really get to me. And I love sports movies, sports films, sports documentaries, movies about. And in doing this, it just devastated this town in Western Virginia. Just devastated it. Could you imagine waking up one day and like a whole entire high school football team staff and everybody is dead?
1: So it's just a high school football team though right not just, yes, not the whole high school no
0: no, no, not the whole high school, but the entire high school football team I think there were some cheerleaders on there, uh, the high school football team staff, minus one coach I think there was only one coach that didn't make the plane flight and boosters now boosters are usually like family members or that have went or people that have went to the school prior, you know or they've got kids in the school now and they are boosters or whatnot you know. So, um, yeah, it was really, it was, it's a really sad moment in that high school's history. But then they have the, uh, this coach that comes in, played by Matthew McConaughey, and he comes in the very next year. And he's bound and determined at that point to bring the football team back around, but, but change the hearts and the, the change the minds of the people that are dealing with all this pain. You know, that was his goal. To try to just bring everything back to a positive. In the movie, you see it happen in a short period of time. I'm sure it took a lot longer for it to actually come about. But just the way they put the movie together, it was really, really heartwarming to see how it all played out and how everybody was able to finally, you know, heal after this happened.
1: It sounds like a great
0: movie. Comeback story
1: starting from the ground up, rebuilding season, trying to not just rebuild the team, but for them to let go of the people that they lost and start again. I'm assuming that maybe Marshall, the the current Marshall team that was on the plane, that died, were on some kind of streak, or they were known for doing great.
0: Yeah, they were actually a pretty... They were actually a decent uh decent football team, you know, and people it it wasn't necessarily about them showing how good or how bad they were, you know. It was more or less the the loss of 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 losing an entire community like that, you mm-hmm. know. And then the the building up of a community that had lost. You know, and it it just it was a really it was a really touching film, and I I enjoyed it. Uh, crazy thing is, is that uh, Anthony uh, Mackie is in this movie as well.
1: Oh, is he a football player?
0: Yeah, he's one of the football players. So, um, and then uh, David Ramsey's in here too. And if you don't know who David Ramsey is, he's uh, the guy that plays uh, what's his name, Arrow, uh, the 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 black guy in Arrow, the African American guy. Okay, you
1: remember uh, who I'm talking about? Um, not off the top of my head. But isn't the guy from Lost in this movie too?
0: TV uh T V series Lost. Yeah, I think he is as well. I think he is as well. Is his
1: name Matthew Fox or something? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. is. So we movies. got two Matthews <laughs>
0: <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, we do. So anyway, that's uh, that's my East, dude. Uh, I totally enjoyed this movie. So
1: So rounding out your compass. Yeah. All right. My East in my last selection for This compass is uh, probably an unknown movie. Little people probably recognize this or know about it as far as Matthew McConaughey being in it. And it's a movie called Frailty. Um, It classifies more as a thriller. And it came out in 2001. So Matthew McConaughey and Bill Paxton were both in U-571 and they're both in this movie as well. And this movie is directed by Bill Paxton. It's his directorial debut. Um, I, I don't know how well it did in theaters, but it left enough of an imprint in my mind in order for it to make the list. I went back and I watched Rain of Fire like you did. I watched Two for the Money. I watched A Free State of Jones. And none of them quite met my expectations as far as what this movie did. Um, for those of you that are listening, this movie's about a mysterious man that arrives in the offices of an FBI agent. And he recounts his childhood specifically how his religious fanatic father receives visions telling him to destroy people who are in fact, quote unquote, demons. So Bill Paxson plays the father in the situation. And Matthew McConaughey is playing one of his two sons who's telling the FBI agent specific things that happened as he got older. So there's this axe that's being used for the killings by the father and on this axe there's a little word, a name that's carved into the handle of the axe and it says Otis and there's a lot of theories about what Otis is and one of the theories was that it stood for only the innocent survive but in fact Bill Paxton offered a homeless man some money. And the homeless man said, I don't take charity. Bill Paxton said, well, why don't I buy the right to use your name in a movie? So he did. And that's where the name Otis came from that's engraved on that axe.
0: Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I I, I watched a couple trailers and I've never seen this movie. I have. uh, This was a movie I thought maybe I did see, but I have not seen this movie yet. So I'm going to have to figure out how I can get it and watch it.
1: Yeah, I know that you're not big on horror, but if you look at it more of a mystery thriller, because there's not gore in it and. Even though it's not a horror, to me, Stephen King didn't write this movie, but he did. He was quoted as saying it's one of the best horror movies of its year that came out.
0: Wow. That's huge, man. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And
1: um, during the, the test screening of this movie, Bill Paxton watched 25 people walk out.
0: 25 people walk out of the movie? O- of
1: the test screening of the movie. Of the, the test movie. screening
0: of the movie. Wow, I wonder why they walked out. Because they didn't like it? Or well, you're going to have to watch scare, the movie. To, just scaring the crap out of them? Or? Just, you're going to have to watch the movie to decide <laughs> maybe, maybe why. Maybe they all drank too much water and had to pee. I don't know. And
1: apparently this movie is loosely based on an actual American serial killer who, from the 1970s who killed three people and tortured four families.
0: Wow. That's crazy,
1: dude. That's so crazy. it's not based on a true story, it's just loosely loosely based, based on it. Wow. But that's that's my my final slot for my compass. That's my east. If you haven't seen it, I know that you watch trailers for it mm-hmm. you specifically Jason, but for those yeah. for our listeners, if you haven't seen any of the movies on our compass or one listen to what we've talked about today, our descriptions of the movie why we enjoy them. And decide for yourself what you think of them.
0: Yeah, definitely decide for yourself. I mean, everybody's gonna is entitled to their own opinion on what movies uh, they like and why they like them. And uh, we value your opinion and we would appreciate hearing any type of feedback that you have. You know, you can always uh, email us at beacon76show at gmail You can check out our Instagram at beacon76 underscore beacon I'm underscore seventy six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can message us on the Anchor app as well. Uh, you can leave us messages and we'll get them through our app. And it will uh, help us to be able to not only and meet the demands of what you guys are wanting us to listen to, but also be able to help us to improve uh, the, the stuff that we bring out to the show. And yeah.
1: we really hope that you all had a good holiday And enjoy the upcoming holiday that's right around the corner for us. It's literally tomorrow.
0: Yeah, New Year's. New Year's Eve.
1: We're on. And we all hope that you bring in this new year with keeping us in mind as a go-to to to continue to listen to. Because we're going to be putting out content. And we, I think every one of us in the world hopes that 2021 is far better than
0: 2020 was. Amen to that, dude. I know I am. No pun intended, but I'm sick of 2021. I mean, mm-hmm. 2020, actually. And I'm ready for 2021. Um, but yeah, guys. Uh, just be sure to uh, like us, subscribe, send us some messages. Give us your feedback. We really appreciate it. Not to... Not to harp on that, but we'd really appreciate that back and you subscribing and liking us. And tell a friend, please. Yeah, and if you email us,
1: let us know about some ideas you might have as as far as what topics you want to hear us talk about.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, well, that's pretty much for it for our podcast today, guys. So, I'm William. I'm Jason. Peace out.